This is a podcast from Minute Media. Oh. <laughs> it would be a wolf's fun, eh? Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min uh, Football Network. Oh, look, life's good as a Wolves fan at the moment, and joining me to talk about yesterday's rainy win, we've got Jeffo. Oh, yeah, how's it going? Good, good. And we've got a return to a Fancast favourite. I'd say eclipsing Pedro Neto yesterday. We've wow. got Matt Guy. We've got Matt Guy. What incredible. What an entrance. No one talks. To, no one talks as nicely about me like that. I was going to say, I, I, I like how I've always described. It's like I've not spoken to you in a couple of months. I literally saw you yesterday. Um, but yeah, I feel like we needed. I, I'm, I'm just a sort of ashamed we didn't do like a full show entrance. You know, like di- dimmed everything around us. Oh no, I, I don't have enough of the showbiz Hollywood pizzazz for that. To be fair, no, I was understated say, is my bag. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel it wouldn't quite match uh, ma- match the personality to cargo for that quite chauvinisticness. When I when I have a couple of episodes away from the fan cast at some point, I'm full on going for a big entrance again. I've decided. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like my ego could, you know. Can we? Is does the fan cast coffers have enough for some like fireworks or anything like that? I reckon so. I reckon so. We could, you know, <laughs> some make, pyro. Yeah, like I reckon I could get away with a flare in the house. <laughs> or we wait until like the summer, a daylight savings coming up, so I could just record an episode outside. Happy days. Happy that, days. That, that works as well. That works as well. Um, but let's get talking um, about yesterday's win against Leicester. Um, first and foremost, have we all dried off from the game uh, it was uh <laughs> wasn't it christ i mean there's there's talk of people in the graham hughes being given 50 loyalty points just for um just for you know pursuing it um i've never seen torrential rain like it, it was braga levels of rain mm-hmm. um it was absolutely horrendous yeah there was a fear that it, I, I was i was a little bit worried it might get called off about 20 minutes before kickoff when he just started lashing it down and I just thought, okay, here we go. This is it. But luckily, yeah, we it settled down a little bit. Yeah, for, I was going to say, fortunately, not when the car, I mean, when you look at the um, Leeds Man U game, um, I mean that the, the second half of that, like the, the pitch was waterlogged. Like you could see every time the ball landed and the splashes and everything. Um, but yeah, sort of. I, I don't know. I think the, the weather potentially had a bit of an impact on the game, which we'll kind of go into a bit because I think overriding consensus, it was a win. It was a solid win, but maybe not the best performance possible. But, you know, although we had rain, we had a little bit of sunshine in terms of the squad that I think Bruno had alluded to before kickoff saying, you know, everyone's fit now. Um, you know, I think he even sort of earmarked, he said, Zhao's fit, um, Neto's fit, Johnny's fit. 
everyone's kind of available at this point, which I think before kickoff, everyone kind of assumed that meant that Matinho was starting. I wasn't necessarily expecting Neto to be on the bench, but it was definitely pleasing to see after such a long return, wasn't it, Matt? It was. Um, <clears throat> it's one of those morale boosting kind of and news announcements, really. You know, in the pub, as soon as the, the clock strikes half past, everybody's buzzing and looking at the, um, you know, the squad list and thinking, Neto's on it. It just gives everybody a bit of a lift, um, which is exactly what you want going into what is essentially a crunch game. It's a hu- of huge importance, mm-hmm. this game. Um, but you've only got to look at that subs bench now to what a difference kind of two, three weeks makes. Because out of nowhere, we've got this stacked subs bench, which is exactly what you want, bleeding in a little bit of youth as well. Um, and all of a sudden, from an attacking point of view, we've got an abundance of options, which is what any manager wants, really. Yeah, I think uh, I think that the bench, is, I was going to say, ironically, the, the more interesting place to start from the, from the line uh, itself. Yeah, I think it was interesting. Obviously, seeing Neto back is incredible. I just, like you say, it lifts everyone. But the fact that we've got now got a bench which cannot include Willy Bolly and Muscara, Mm-hmm. Who who say Willy Bolly was such an important player during our first few years back? It's incredible to see where we've come, and actually, to say to say Bruno's been a bit shrewd because obviously we were talking about uh, previously about um, transfer windows and not doing business. In fact, we looks like we don't need anyone there. Yeah, because he's like- he, he must have known that, that that all these players are coming back, and now we look we look like uh, we're. We're in a great position going into the tail end of the season. Yeah, I I, mean, I, I remember the heady days of October when, you know, we are fielding like a, a suspension of seven, eight players and two of them were goalkeepers. And yet you look at it now where, to be fair, you've still got uh, Tossi and you've still got Kundal as two youth players. But, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's what a suspension is sort of supposed to be. It's supposed to yep. kind of sometimes comprise a few younger players, isn't it? But you say it, it's the attacking options that, you know, in fact, you've got Neto, Trincao, um, and Wang who can play in multiple positions and Silver as well, um, all, you know, having those opportunities off the bench. And like, bef- uh, say, three months ago, whatever, just before Christmas, it was like, well, we only know three players, we know which three players are going to come on unless there's an injury. Whereas now, there's there's almost a level of uncertainty in the second half. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fast-tracking through like 60 minutes of football here. Um, but, you know, the impact our subs had, which they've not always had this season. But um, I was going to say, in terms, in terms of the start of the game, it yet again, um, Wolves got off to a bit of a fly in terms of scoring pretty quickly. Neves um, on the score sheets um, in only sort of the ninth, tenth minute, I think it was. Um, thoughts on the goal, Jiffo? Yeah, he took it really well. and I, the, the, the main thing I really liked about it is the way that we attacked it and, and the build-up because we moved the ball around well. And it's something that we haven't done is we haven't seen a lot of it going into Jimenez and then him laying off the shots mm. or laying off the chances. And having that now happening and that that goal, he took it fantastically well, Neves. Um, and just to say, just to see Neves and Moutinho getting in and around the edge of the box again for shots uh, is fantastic. Cause we missed that the last couple of games. Yeah, I think 
Um, my, my kind of immediate note when I saw the goal was players getting forward, and you know whether it's Donk or Neves or Martino, just having that extra player who's committing. But um, Matt, in, in terms of Jimenez's involvement in the goal, um, I mean his performance overall was a little bit mm, mm-hmm. meh. But actually, for a goal, he did the right thing at the right moment where he's not always <clears throat> yeah. done that this season. No, he could have been forgiven for, um, you know, snatching a shot away, trying to turn and snatch a shot because he's a player that desperately needs a run of a few goals in a few games. Um, but actually, to have the selflessness to lay that ball off um, is exactly what was needed. And, and it gave us a goal. I think the importance that hopefully came as a tactical decision is, you know, Leicester are in terrible form and Mm. you attack a team that's in terrible form in wet, horrible, windy conditions. And that's exactly what we did. The difficulty became later on in the game where for some bizarre reason, we gave away possession like men possessed, um, which we'll get on to. I'm sure the goal itself though. Yeah. I mean, it's just another clinical strike. The second it went in, um, I just text my mate, he only scores word. He only scores worldies because that's exactly like he's just. Hmm. It, he's an artist on the pitch, and I've never been so in love with another man as much as I am with Ruben Neves. <laughs> I was going to say it, there, there are a couple of things I wanted to point out. I, I we we almost yeah, you almost forget in a way how good that strike is considering mm-hmm. the. Whatever was we get when. Stay. My thing went funny first. Sorry, guys. Um, in terms of kind of just keeping it low and hard, and particularly, I think he, he had a really great chance against Leicester in the opening game of the season, which I think produced a fine save from Sean Michael. So, see him score, fantastic. Now, I'm gonna slate the other two goal scorers in this game, and I'm gonna do it now. Um, Whoa. just instead of later, yep, I'm gonna, you know, I, I look, no one is, you know. Avoidant of you know can avoid criticism in my opinion. Never, you know, I don't think he had a great his greatest game in Wallship despite the goal. But I need to criticise Lookman and they criticise Podence. If it's raining that much and you don't do a knee slide after you score, <laughs> what are you doing as a professional footballer? Yeah, there is an element of um, obligation, isn't there, to to your celebration in the rain? Yeah, and even Harry uh, McGuire did it. Yeah, uh, I I think it's poor. I think I think it's poor and potentially a finable offence, but um, you know, uh, <laughs> um, I I can understand not wanting to do like a belly slide because you've then got to run in a soaking wet top. But you know, at least do a bit of a knee slide. Well, you're gonna. I mean, you're gonna be wet anyway. The you know, if you're yeah. gonna, you could roll on your front and then pretend to swim. As yes, a, half measures. As, yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? So at this point, you know, you, you're already soaked through. You're not getting any. Any drier, so yeah. So I, I, I was a fan of, um, yeah, I was a fan of Nevers at least doing a knee slide, sort of cele- in, you know, incorporating into a celebration whether you was didn't, um, which say di- disappointing. Um, but anyway, throughout the first half, it seemed a pretty even affair to be honest. Both sides were creating sort of good chances. I think Le- Leicester aren't in great form, but they have some good players throughout that spine of the team mm-hmm. when they're when they're when they're on song. And I know um Tillman's had a chance, I think, even before the Nevis one and um 
you know, before the Leicester goal, Wolves had a really great opportunity for Wait Nori, where, you know, I've mentioned Tielemans. I think he's still kind of is probably, you know, trying to work out his left from his right after that sort of Daniel Podence um, mesmerising act. I mean, it, it, in terms of Podence overall, uh, he is just a player in top, top form um, in his Wolves career right now, isn't he? He is. And I think he's playing football now that <clears throat> the top, top players and top, top teams have spark and have finesse and make it look effortless. And at the moment, he looks like he's just doing this for fun. Like he looks like he's playing, like he's like got the ball on a string on his feet and he's, he's doing tricks, he's doing turns, he's doing this, he's passing, he's on point. He's just, you know, the, the criticisms of Jota before he left was that he was very much a purple patch player. Like he, he would have four great games and then he'd go off the boil. It seems like now we're seeing the best of opponents, but he's just getting better and getting better and getting better. And, you know, he's he's had with injury. Unfortunately, he'll come in for like a League Cup game and they're always shite and no one ever plays well. And then you think to yourself, mm, actually, you know, is he ever going to get a good run? But he's took the chance and actually rolled with it now. And you think... If he isn't one of the first names on the team sheet now, you, there's probably a problem, isn't there? Only an injury or some kind of bizarre tacticals, seven behind the ball at all times, stops him being the first name on the team sheet, I'd have thought. Yeah, and you yeah. see, he seems the, um, versatile in sort of whatever formation we play because he's so influent, uh, influential as well, would you say, Jafar? Yeah, I think it, it, the important bit with Pedence is, like you say, he's, he's getting a sustained run in the team now, and he's kind of become that Jota replacement, mate, replacement that mm-hmm. we needed, because Raul works better in that two that we've seen, and having somebody to play with him and be a foil for him is, is, has only been, you know, beneficial for Pedence. And <clears throat> pardon me. And um, having, you know, that ability to play with Jimenez and create this natural partnership has been fantastic. And he's starting to do what he needed to do and get goals and assists into his game. Yeah, I, I hadn't kind of quite appreciated that, you know, his goal against um, his goal against Leicester was like his first league goal of the season. He's got a few in the cup and things like that. And, you know, he seems to be like, he's always someone who brings a lot of joy on a football pitch. But we'll also have kind of a, uh, this season have a few players who do that without necessarily the the output in tangible metrics in terms of goals and assists. But it, that seems to be coming as part of his game, and uh, that loops back to what you were saying, Matt. That he's becoming indispensable now because he is mm-hmm. the guy who is creating chances. He is the guy who is, you know, causing trouble for the opposition in a meaningful way. But um, yeah, and, and to be fair, it was so unlucky by eight Nori. Um, you know, it was a, it was a really, really good effort. Um, but that going down the other end of the pitch, we're coming up towards half time. Uh, I, I would, I, I want to say, almost we were carved open in a way for the Luckman goal. It, mm. it, uh, do you guys see it as a really good Leicester goal? Or do you see it that Wolves could have done better? You look at where Luckman starts in the in the attack, because he's, he's pretty much the one who starts that Leicester attack. And he runs through the midfield and defence. He should be picked up at some point. He shouldn't be allowed to run 30 yards and then go on to the end of, essentially, a cutback. But 
it's one of these we're not we, we've not had a chance to criticize our defenders much this season so when we do make one mistake it's, it stands out like a glaring issue but it's it, it's, it's nothing to worry about on the thought no it didn't like it didn't like feel to say like oh it was you know calamity of errors keystone keystone cops kind of vibes but you know my, my thing was you know we we play the back five and you know Tiernan's don't get me wrong one of the best midfielders in the league I, I, I'd happily argue um still manages to thread it through our, our back line and we just can't kind of all get <clears throat> caught a little bit flat-footed as well mm. I, I think I counted six potential influences of the goal in a, in a gold shirt basically that could have influence yeah. the goal in some and, and nobody does and that's the worrying thing really it's almost as if there were too many defenders or potential people there but then nobody knew who should have gone for the ball um but you know to, to allow the player in front of you is is the bigger crime here to allow him to be goal mm. side when there's that many people around it but listen second best defensive record in the league i think it is at the moment yeah. and it, you know in in the grand scheme of things, it's not that, you know, it didn't affect the outcome of the game come, you know, the end of the end of the match. But Bruno will, he'll be, you know, he'll be annoyed with that. And I'm sure he'll, he'll have his words and, and do what he needs to do. Cody will be annoyed with it and, and everybody else will be. And, um, you know, I think the measure of it will be seeing if we make these kind of mistakes again. And I doubt we will because we're, yeah. we, we're a team yeah. that tends to, I find at the moment, we can identify a weak spot, but it does get fixed pretty quickly. Mm. No, I agree. And like, f- from my perspective, I don't think the defence was amazing, but I think they were a bit more almost exposed by the midfield, which mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I ne- never had a standout season. Martino has as well. Um, and Dundonka played well. Uh, last last week, that <laughs> um, feels like a real big come down. So mm. yeah, two really good seasons and one like decent 90 minutes, but you know, I don't think our midfield quite clicked in the same way as it did against Spurs. I don't know. Well, you know, I, f- I felt that we saw the absolute best and worst from Dendonka and Sace in this game. Mm. Now what I mean by that is in, in, in Sace, fabulous defender. He, and he, he, he will do the dirty work that makes Kilman look so good and gives Cody the room to spray these balls around and do what does what he needs to do. But Christ me, when you want someone just to hold on to the ball and just to keep, you know, he's very much a defender's defender. If he can boot it out, he will. Do you know what I mean? Mm. If he could just get a foot and get it rid of it, he will. And I think we saw that he would he, he passed the ball it, it, or booted away to give it straight back to Leicester possession a couple of times in this game. And, and then Donka did the same. And it just invites pressure. And these are these are very, very nitpicky criticisms here. But when you're at sixth in the table seventh in the table these fine margins can cost you so you've got to be your best at all times well yeah and like without without sort of saying too critical because we won everything and we've been in good form you know we're, we're our next two games are against arsenal and west ham and that if you make mistakes like that against a slightly you know, more informed team over the course of the season, you're more likely to get punished or not see the ball again for a while. And mm. it shows. And and to be fair, I thought Dendonka probably had the best game out of the three of them, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, he, he drops off when he went into a two. Um, but I think it almost feels 
um, sort of, you know, set in stone now. Dundonka can play in a three, under, under large A and have a good impact. Can't play in a two. Mm. Mm. I, th- I think of all of the bizarre partnerships on the pitch yesterday that impressed me the most was this Samedo Dendonka yeah. click. It, <laughs> just something just worked really well. They played off each other really well. Like I put in my tweet, you know, after the game, Samedo sneaks in and puts one of the best performances on the pitch yet again. Um, mm. He just quietly goes about, does what he does. He's, he's not like a Hollywood player, so to speak, in that, you know, he, he's constantly bombing up and down and, and getting shots off and, sh- and scoring 35 yarders. But actually, he's so composed and, and, and he's so influential to the way that we play. And I'm really glad that at least for a few months now, he's not the scapegoat player because we have to have a scapegoat player. That's just what we like as Wolves fans. But at least it's not Samado anymore. No. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be fascinated to sort of see his sort of defensive stats in, in terms of how he ranks up with other... Uh, um, you know, his output's really high this season and get, you get he's getting a lot of plaudits. But to be honest, I think you take away sort of the first three, four months of Samado's time at Wolves and ugh, barely put in a poor performance from last year. And, well... Last what fourteen months? I'd I'd happily argue, and um, I'm 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 sure we sort of said at the end of season podcast last year, like I think you'll notice a different like he's on. I think you notice more when you're watching him live in a stadium, mm-hmm. just in terms of how he kind of passes and moves and he gets up the pitch in a sort of a different way to how Matt Doty did and stuff like that. But yeah, a lot of light and day. Um, in terms of how we've seen him. I'd love to see, because we, we saw on Twitter, uh, I think it was about a week ago, the improvements in Aitnuri mm. in defensive stats. I'd like to see the same thing with Tomato because I feel like we'd see similar results because the two fullbacks this year have just been light and day. Yeah. Absolutely. Just the way they affect the game between now and last season has just been incredible. Mm. And I don't think you could even argue, you know, oh, they're good going forward but poor defensively mm. because... You rarely see Samedo get beaten. You rarely see him out of position or exposed or anything like that. Um, you know, I think he's been fantastic. But um, going into second half, um, well, we, we, well, we had made our kind of couple of substitutions in terms of Wang um, coming on, um, which I think he had a really big impact on the game. Um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of his, and it's nice to see him sort of come back and you know have a positive influence on the game. Yeah, I think I think Wang counteracted a lot of what you you were saying the issues, Matt. To be honest, with mm-hmm. with the way we were giving the ball away, and I think that pressure from the front when we had the three forwards on was, you know, it was it was negligible. Then you know we we were able to put more pressure on. We were able to hold the ball forward more. And I think Wang did that fantastically well down the left. I thought he was it was important to to was seeing that game out and getting the getting the victory. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, when you when you're you know a stage in the game, 65, 70 minutes in, in in the in the beating down rain, and you know the game opens up naturally, does space is created. You need a player like him that's so aggressive, he's yeah. so dogged. Um, you know that's exactly what you need at this moment in time. Someone's going to chase down every ball, but actually, once he has that ball, he can actually do something with it. I think he's a really 
I, I think we were sold the dream when he came in that he was going to be an out-and-out striker and a chance creator, and you know that would be his only part of the game. But actually, seeing him slightly deeper in 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 on the pitch there, in a game like that, which easily could have got away from us, you know, you know, Leicester created more and more chances as the second half went on. You know, it, it had the leads away air of it. It, it yeah, respect, it's only a matter of time before you know Leicester score here. Um, so to have him on the pitch there to be able to kind of break up play, be aggressive, good substitution at the right time, and another example of what happens when we have a bench with options. Yeah, because it, it it came relatively early in the game in terms of Huang substitution. It was what fifty eighth minute, so it was just before the hour mark. So and. Again, it was a place Martino wasn't having that impact. Don't know whether he was still carrying a bit of a knock or whatever. And, you know, I think it sort of showed in in Wolves getting the winner through Daniel Podence. I mean, yet again this season, it was a combination of a great team goal and a fantastic individual goal at the same time. Yeah, I know he deserves a lot of uh, credit for, for his work in that build-up. He, hmm. he, he beat like three men before yeah. he went <laughs> not back to Dendonka. And then but, dog dog gets the assist. Yeah, and then dog just just does a five yard pass, and then just gets the the, the assist. That's <laughs> so harsh on Aitnuri, but yeah, fantastic team goal, like you say. And it's nice to see Danny get a goal in the mm. league finally. That was one thing that we waited for. Yeah, and I think um, in terms of yeah, I say even before Aitnuri, like for, for work Max Kilman does in terms of bringing it out from the back. Mm. I think he kind of skips past the play and then opens up the pitch. Um, but I think it was match of the day. Sort of said, you know, it it's Podence's sort of first touch that gets him that goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, he opened his body up beautifully. Yeah, um, no, just 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 fantastic. I thought. Yeah, it was it was a really special goal. Sadly marred by VAR non-intervention in the end, but. Um, you know, Schmeichel doing his absolute level best to try and get the goal ruled for offside. Um, I think when you when you take off your goggles for whichever team it is you support, you can see that Jimenez is moving away from the direction of the ball anyway. And there's an angle in the highlights which kind of shows at you at the angle that that him and um, that Podence was taking it from. And there's clear daylight between Schmeichel and Jimenez. Yeah, you like, can see no, the way. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I don't blame Schmeichel, and I think. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. I genuinely believe that there's an element of like <laughs> gamesmanship that isn't to be expected. Um, but there's no, there can't be a complaint about the goal. Yeah, they're in offside positions, but they're not interfering with the trajectory or the eyesight of the ball. So, sorry, but uh, no cigar. No, I, I, when I saw it, I th- when you like see it, I guess from sort of the sideways sort of camera angle, you go, hang on, well, hang on, you can see him mm. is a yard off or whatever. You go, ooh. Not quite sure. Then, then you actually see like the angle of you know Schmeichel slash Podence, and it's, it, you know, it's a bit, there's that forced perspective issue of it. But you, you've touched on Schmeichel there, and we're chatting after the game. Um, is he a bit of a shit house? Like, I think that's the biggest understatement of the season. Yeah, I was going to say I've got, I wanted to go for a lot stronger word there, and I don't know why. I, I don't know why I, we'll go for shit, Ed. We'll go for no, no, <laughs> scrap it. We'll just go for a shit. Because it was like this in the Euros, um, but I can't work out if it's just because we don't see much of him, or you know, the, all the goody, you know, PR campaign that Leicester have mm-hmm. um, and everything. But bit of a twat. 
It's just the way. It's every time he comes, he plays against Wolves, and every time he's at Molyneux, he's exactly the same. So he's got to be like that everywhere. So you think you think all other fans outside of Leicester are going to think he's an absolute bell end? Yeah, I I don't think I'd like quite appreciated it before. Obviously, it's Euros because you know I think everyone's sort of riding riding high off the back of that and whatever. And you know, has football ever really come home? It's like getting the bin. Um, yeah, and what I don't know, like that's that, that's left a mark. That's left a mark for me. But it did, you know, it didn't really matter in the end. But you know, I, I don't think the apple falls far from the tree. Let's be honest with. Uh, uh, it kind of got the revenge on him at the end, anyway. Yeah, exactly. And I would have loved it. I, I've seen Wolves uh, sort of TikTok after uh, yeah, after it, but the caption on that. <laughs> yeah, but 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 it deserves a pay rise. The, the TikTok admin at Wolves, I'm telling you. But I'd have loved Sar to have cleared him out instead of like just punching it away. You know, gone. If I said like the proper old Matt Murray when he go when he went up and like knees up in the air, one knee up in the air, <laughs> which is kind of you know parts for sea. I feel like he should have done that through Schmeichel, um, which which was a bit of a shame because I think if any goalkeeper would do that in this league, it would be Sar because. You know, he is, uh, uh, to be fair, I think Cody said it in, in his interview earlier this week. Yeah, all goalkeeper, all good goalkeepers are a bit mental. And yeah, Sars, uh, Sars a good character in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good way, good way of putting it. But, um, in terms of sub, the other one, we, we kind of talked about how he was on, you know, on the bench, but the return of, um, Veneto, I mean, the ovation that he got coming on, it almost I almost felt a bit sad for Podence in a way because his performance deserved a standing ovation, but it was you know definitely meant for the guy coming on. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't expecting him to be that good. No, um, <laughs> you know, you think with these things, it's going to take a little bit of bedding in time, and the, the, the first real action of the game for him wasn't in an attacking sense. He absolutely gunned it back to, tra- yeah. to track back to try and um, stop an attack, which which was great to see. Um, you know, he's a player, he's an enigma, he, he's, he's a special talent. And you know he's a special talent because the footballing world talks about Neto, not just yeah. the world's world. There are so many, you know, Twitter accounts and, uh, and, and, and ex-players and that that are talking about the kid who, and, and just talking about him in a positive way. And, could he have come back at a better time in the season with the running that we've now got and how important the next few games are? It's, it's. I've I've been burnt before with hope, um, but I've I've just got this feeling that like it's all the pieces are falling into place and, and Neto is is one of those pieces. I mean, what what I love most about what you say he's come back at a fantastic time because we've got uh, you know every game's. Uh, it's, uh, I'm going down football cliches here, but every game's a bit of a cup final now, isn't it? Mm. And, I, and the next two really are massive because they are, you know, league position deciders in and around um, where Wolves are. But like, even if we're playing, you know, when we play Crystal Palace, for example, that's still got big implications. Every game's mm. got such huge implications for us. But the pressure's off Neto in a sense for. Mm. You say we've got Trincao if we need to, we've got Huang, we've got um, you know, we've got Podence, and it's like, you know what, if one of them ain't firing, mm. 
I think that's really important now because because we've got all these games that were postponed because of COVID, and we got such a quick mm. turnaround. It's it's refreshing to be able to 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 you know move these players around in the front line and keep it fresh. And you know now was a good time to try and give him as a rest and try and let him recover and yeah. and, and get some of that form back. And it also, I'm, it's a good thing for Silver as well because he takes a yeah. little bit of pressure off him because Juan, like you say, Juan can play at striker. Uh, mm. You know, you've got all these options, so there's not the whole world's looking on one or two players. Yeah, there's there's so much more flexibility now that you know I'm, you're almost kind of confident if Wolves play, you know, three five two and have sort of two attacking players up front. If we go for three four three, depending on you know Martinez's fitness. You're happy with that as well because yeah. you go, well, hang on. It's like, even if that have to be him and S plus one anymore, you could have a front two of Quang and Neto. And I think we'd all kind of go, okay, be interesting, but it could work. And it's not out of this realm of possibility now that we have all these sort of different options depending on the opponents. And oh, it makes you giddy. But yeah, it felt very much like um, for sort of the last sort of 20 minutes, we were riding the storm a bit. Um, you know, figuratively and literally, I guess, uh, with the weather. But you know, there, there are parts where it was disappointing we couldn't control and manage out the game. I think we all kind of oh, we need balls to get to that level where it doesn't feel as you know squeaky bum time. Mm-hmm. I think it's really fun just watching Wolves defend now. It's, it's like those three centre backs really enjoy defending. Like yeah. they said on much of the day, and you watch the, all three of them. They're sprinting to get to that ball to try and block it for that um, Tillerman shot at the end. Yeah, it's it's incredible. You yeah. have three players so passionate about what they do on the pitch, the work Lager's doing with them to 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 keep them motivated and get them to mm. improve and and cat stay consistent every week is fantastic. Mm. It, 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 I mean, the record speaks for itself. From somebody that on FIFA and football manager, he's unhappy if he's got any less than 70% possession. I play so boring when I'm in, when I'm ahead on, on these games. <laughs> to me, to me, it's excruciating to watch sometimes the way that we will build, build, you know, I, I'm absolutely fine with us attacking at two, one. I'm not saying we've got to shut up shop no, or no. anything like that, but sometimes we'll have the ball in the defense and then we'll, we'll, we'll play an errant pass and then we'll lose possession again and invite another attack. And sometimes that kamikaze way of playing, it will bite you on your ass at some point. That being said, whilst it would appear, you know, that Leicester were in the ascendancy, actually we handled, we maintained them really well. We didn't give them a lot of really clear cut no. chances. And then once again, the probably pound for pound best signing in the Premier League this season, Saar, um, mm. did what he needed to do at the right time anyway. So, it, you know, again, the, the pieces just fell into place very nicely. Yeah, big player step. Big moments. That, that's that, that's my sort of viewpoint on a lot of it. You see it with Neves, like he, he, he's your dude when you, you know stuff's happening. He he's one who delivers. Sars the same at the other end. Like he loves it. You can see he's almost waiting for that blockbuster moment. And mm-hmm. you know, Tillman's the advert shot in the first couple of minutes, which went just wide. And you know, there, there was a bit of pressure. I wasn't too worried because a lot of it, similar to Wolves in a way, it was outside the box. They weren't. Mm. You know, yeah. carving us open and things like that. Um, you know, I think uh, Madison had had one as well. 
Um, but again, just a really strong save get at the death. And Wolves could have made it 3-1 if it wasn't for, you know, I think Podent's been a little bit short of that match fitness as he kind of had a swing from 35 yards out for an open goal. Um, should he have passed it, though? I think at this point, you know, the game, as soon as the possession was turned over, the breath was blowing the whistle anyway. So you, mm. you see your name in lights, you go for it, to be honest. Yeah, you, um, you respect you, it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think for, from that point of view, we were already into kind of the fifth minute of four added on. Yeah. So, you, you, you know, at this point, you've got to go for it, to be fair. It, it, I think it, any of us would have. Yeah, it does feel like the ref let it play on just to see if a goal could happen from that far out. I think if you'd have like squared it to him and Ezra or whatever, or could it back a little bit further, the ref might have blown it. It was like, could be an opportunity for an interesting uh, interesting goal here, but it wasn't to be. I mean, we, we, we've we talked about, well, pretty much all the players, to be honest. And uh, I've pulled up the match ratings um, that uh, Gully's done for falls of football. Um, in in turn, <laughs> It, we've pretty much kind of covered all our sort of standout players in terms of Samedo Podens, obviously. I think even if you take away the goal, I think he was still fantastic. And the back line, you know, held true as well. Um, for you guys, though, um, who would you be giving man of a match to? Because I think Gully, well, I'm looking at that, he's given Podens an 8.5, which is higher from everyone else. Would you be giving it Podens or is there someone else who kind of stakes a claim? Danny really saw for me. Mm. Mm, I yeah. think, you know, the, the, the saw with what he did, but I think everything he did was, was not routine. That takes away a little bit of, uh, <laughs> takes a bit of the, like the praise off him, but Samedo did what he did without fuss and, and he didn't really put a foot wrong, but he wasn't influential in the goals. Really. I, th- I think in the overall grand scheme of things, Podus is probably the, the one for me as well. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I, I, yeah, I can't not concur on that one. I think it's it's always nice to see sort of a few players sort of stepping up um, and making it difficult. And the, the the lovely side of it for me is that you've got them at opposite ends of the pitch as well. That mm. you know, Sars Sars probably not got as many um, man of the matches this season as opposed to let's say Neves, just because of other players doing equally well in more glamorous positions, which is a bit of a mm. bit of a shame, but. Again, just just for the joy, um, Podence brought. To be honest, uh, you know, that definitely well deserved. And as I say, not not the most glamorous of games for Wolves, but great to have the victory. Um, we're going to take a short break, guys. We're going to be back um, after a short ad break to talk about um, Ruben Vanagra, uh, lest we forget uh, a bit about Arsenal. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some questionable opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyetimedia.com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk hello and welcome back uh to wolves fancast um news that sort of broke um over the 
over a weekend was around Ruben Vinagra, who um, currently on a season-long loan um, at Sporting Lisbon, looks set to sign for them permanently um, after a purchase clause was triggered with them qualifying for um, sort of the last latest round of the Champions League. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty certain he'd be moving on anyway at this point, just because of where he sits in the pecking order. Um, was it a bit of a, what I want to ask is, do you feel like there's a little bit of a missed opportunity for him at Wolves, considering, I guess, the form of Johnny and then the resurgence of eight Nori then came in? Not really. I, th- I think he had his chance, really. I think mm. he never took it. When he had a he had the run in the team, uh, when Johnny got injured, um, the first time he didn't really take his chance. He was not consistent enough. He wasn't good enough going forward, and he made too many errors at the back. And I think the deal that we've got is an absolute steal. Yeah. T- ten million back for Vinagre, and we paid ten million for Aitnore. Yeah, I, I, it's 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 daylight robbery for me. That is, I'm pretty sure the Vinagre one has like a very big sort of sell on. Percentage yeah, clause as well, like fifty yeah. percent. Which yeah. you know, I think Ball's quite like doing that at the moment. But yeah, I say he, it, I, I think the writing on the wall was on the summer to well eighteen months ago now. When he say he had that running running the side after Johnny's injury, and then we bring in Marcel and we bring in Eight Nori. <sighs> he just he, he seemed just on who we got in that promotion campaign. He was understudy under Barry Douglas, but he never quite progressed, I think, at the levels we all hoped he would do. Um, Matt, are you kind of similar thoughts that he did He did his job at Wolves when it... When it yeah, was I mean, in the nicest way possible, every player bar one or two are horses in a stable. And what I mean by that is um, they are assets to use at Fosun's pleasure or displeasure, to be honest, because if a deal is there to be made, a deal will be made. And this is an example of the good side to Fosun's ruthlessness and business model and plan. Um, You know, sadly, sometimes I feel like how we play and how large has transformed this team is in spite of Fosun as opposed to because of Fosun. We're doing the absolute best of a shitty hand sometimes when it comes to um, the kind of, play that we that that we have um but this is a great example of negotiation and like you said jafo whoever's put the clauses in it's an absolute spectacular bit of business at a point where nobody would want him back in the nicest way possible we've got the options that we wouldn't need him back now for tina that's another story someone in the midfield we potentially have dropped the ball on however um I think Fosun, when it comes to these things, are doing, you know, when it comes to outgoings and the way that we're actually selling players that when, when we do, I think we'll look back on Traore when he, when he gets signed permanently by Barca because of the kind of, you know, form he... he I think all of a sudden we'll, we'll have all these attacking options that we won't have missed him that much. I know that sounds yeah. sac- sacrilege to say at this point now, but then when you put 40 million, 50 million on the table in front of us... Um, I think then you think actually it was a pretty shrewd bit of business this. Yeah. And you know, it, I say yeah, you try away links an in, interesting one because, you know, it's basically three weeks since he left. Mm-hmm. That, that's a, that's a hamstring injury. And if Neto can stay fit and get up to match sharpness quickly, which it appears he is mm-hmm. like that, that's 
like a new signing. I'm, I'm hitting all my football cliches today. Um, but yeah, they say even if he came back, if Vinagre came back in the summer, he'd be arguably fourth choice at, at best. And the fact that we've even got Ryan Giles out on loan, who is is progressing and is potentially at the point where Vinagre was when we were in the championship anyway, like we might as well keep a homegrown player for the roster if we need that extra player. And I think you're right. It's just focusing, being ruthless. And it's the difference between, you know, even the likes of Man City haven't got it right in terms of being able to get rid of a lot of players. And, mm-hmm. you know, money's no object to them. But if it's not quite worked out for players, we haven't kept them around. We've Either we've shipped him off to Zurich. And to be fair, you know that Benagra's at least wanted to a degree because he'd be out there if we... We really didn't like him. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I'm going to keep definitely keep half an eye on his career going forwards because, um, you know, I think there's a player in there, but it'll be a case of whether he just becomes sort of a middling, you know, left back, left winger in in Portugal. You can really kind of step on and fulfill that potentially showing those first, that first season at Wolves. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about before we talk about Arsenal is. To be honest, what a bloody good group of lads we have at Wolves. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm basing this off, well, hey, Evo, but the benchmark is 200 appearance with Wolves, uh, which he did with um, Dave Edwards. And there's also a, a couple of interviews with Pedro Neto and Connor Cody, which are very fun to watch. And it just made just seemed the sort of the camaraderie and how much sort of they're joking and you know chatting about other players in the squad and highlighting things from like four years ago now and things like that. It just made me think that with the stick that a lot of footballers get for um, I was going to say indiscretions, you know, incidents, that this seems to be a good bunch of guys who all really enjoy spending time together. Yeah, it's refreshing. Yeah. More than anything, it's refreshing. It's something we've never had before. And you've mentioned a few of the things, but another one that I really enjoyed was that I really enjoyed the Guess Who with Nelson yeah. Tomato and Sace. Yeah. That was just fantastic. Yeah. just It's so light-hearted because it just humanises the players because normally mm. we're so disconnected from these players outside of match day and other little bits and bobs so that, you know, we, we kind of get this sort of like, I don't know, like fly on the wall sort of thing. And we can yeah. see them when, when they're relaxed and they're enjoying it and they're interacting with each other. It's nice. Yeah. I think the club doing a really good job at, let's say, hi- highlighting them as people more than anything else. And mm-hmm. like, don't get me wrong, their wages are astronomical, but you know, it's silly money for any of these footballers are on, but they all seem really just regular down to earth people. You know, even when it's things like uh, they, they did, when we did like the FIFA rankings and they all did it in the, in the room and revealed each other and they're all having, you know, they're all having a really kind of good laugh about it. And as I, 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 I don't watch a lot of the fan um, sort of, um, of fan content and whatever of other clubs and whatever, but I'd be amazed if it's like that at other places and you know it's not just the it, it doesn't it doesn't feel clicky 
which mm. it couldn't, it, it, you know, it really could be with a huge number of players from one specific country. <laughs> but you say you've got Samedo and um, Sace doing stuff together. You've got Connor Cody, um, you know, doing things with Pedro Neto in his second language, but, you know, speaks better English than me, frankly, Pedro Neto. Um, yeah, and as I say, just re- really heartwarming. And, and, and again, Cody had the, I can't remember when it came out, that video of like my, his Wolves career in pictures and him going into like detail about the, these games. And that, you know, I, I found it fascinating. I think it was one from like the end of his first season, that one under jacket. And he said, oh, this is one of my favourite photos. I have this up in my house. And it's like, my, it was the first time this kid had done the lap around Molyneux. Mm-hmm. And he was one and stuff like that and talking about how the move was, you know, but their child was born, I think, sort of recently after he moved, but they didn't have much of a family network in the in, in the Midlands at that point. So he said something like, uh, it was our opportunity to sort of find, you know, our fittest parents and uh, in the area and everything like that. And I say, just, yeah, I know, like, I feel like we're just reconnected really to this group of players on the, like, a, a real personal level as well at the moment. Yeah. And... I mean, <clears throat> to, to take it in a slightly different direction, um, slightly colder direction, maybe what you've got to think of as well is, you know, Foson are so hell bent on making us um, an attraction for the international market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That un- unfortunately for us and fortunately for f- uh, fans in, in other countries, they don't have a moral obligation to support Wolves like people that are born in Wolverhampton no. or, 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 or have family members. So they can pick and choose which club they want to support, essentially speaking. Mm-hmm. And that's not, to, that's not to disparage the support of our fantastic international fan base and all of the different clubs around, you know, like the, around the country. But when the club is pumping out this content that is on TikTok and these massive platforms, YouTube and everything else, and it's entertaining to watch it's more eyes and it's and because it's humanized and they are human beings they're not just players unreachable unfathomable players it's just more eyes that get people talking and and consuming Wolverhampton Wanderers and it's really shrewd business and i absolutely love it i think that our social media team and the the kind of content that we pump out on a regular basis as a club is spot on it's yeah. really, really excellent. And I think, you know, it, it's just another reason why uh, 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 someone in Singapore or or anywhere, that's probably a bad example because I think I think they have the Leicester market, don't they? Um, yeah. But like, uh, you know, uh, uh, an international um, fan, they'd look at that and think, actually, you know, I think I might look into them more because they're pumping out this entertaining content. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think you say it's entertaining because when you get stuff like that and when you get clubs doing things like that, it just has that chance of being sterile mm-hmm. and it's just being done for the sake of it. But it's entertaining. They look like they're enjoying it, which which gives you that nice balance to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you're completely right that uh, there's potentially ulterior motives in terms of perspective as well that you know if you're a player you want to be part of that group because they seem they've you know never saying like it with the line yeah it's fine when new players come in because all going in the same direction if they're not and you're obviously in pause because it's like if they're not then they don't 
we, <laughs> we, we fuck them off basically mm. which i was like yeah you can uh, not mention any names patrick Catrone. um do you know what i mean it, it, it it's really heartwarming and you know people i genuinely think that whether it's domestic fans who are neutral or let's say american fans or wherever people will follow walls because of someone like Connor Cody mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. how they interact with stuff like, cause you know, I, I got into American football in the last couple of years, but it was because of um, a certain player and I liked his personality and I know it, it, I think they've, they've been really smart in sort of showcasing how good these people are. Um, hopefully though, I've talked about how nice they are, but walls are on a revenge tour. Let's be honest, guys. Um, for recent weeks, we've beat Man U, we've beaten Spurs, we've beaten Leicester. The first three games of the season, when we lost to we lost to all three of those in a row, we've vanquished them. The next one we have up is Arsenal. Um, it feels like about four days since we last played them, mm. um, but it's actually been forty. Well, I was going to say it'll be about fourteen when we actually sort of play them on um, on Thursday night. I mean, big implications again in in terms of this result. That um, would you go as far as saying it's a must win or must not lose? I think it's a must not lose. I think it's a must not lose in that um, it depends. It depends how how big you dare to dream. And I know that um, I know that Large came out and said we don't dream. We you know we just play kind of thing. Um, you know, if you're looking at fourth which we've got every right to look at fourth, to be perfectly honest, um, then it's a, it's an absolutely kind of must win. If it's a secure a, a European place, then it's, a, then it's a do not lose scenario, really, because you don't want the likes of Spurs and Brighton to, to a certain degree gaining any, any traction on you. I think Arsenal, in the form that they're in and the form that Man United aren't in, are in serious contention um, to, you know, to shoot at the table anyway. So I think... It's just, it's just, it's more of a momentum thing than anything. I think it's about maintaining yeah. momentum, and then you know, I think West Ham is must win mm. um, because I think that they've shown that they are slowly, the cracks are slowly starting to appear a little bit. Um, whereas Arsenal is a little bit more. Let's let's make sure just we're maintaining the momentum. Yeah, I think um, my my question I put in the group chat the other day is. With these next two result, next two games coming up in Arsenal and West Ham, would you rather win one and lose one or draw both? Now, mm. don't get me wrong; three points is better than two points. I understand it, and there's games in hand and things of implications. But if we draw both, the status quo sort of stays the same to a degree. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we win one but lose the other, that double, I was going to say, it's almost like the eradication six-pointer, but with the Europa League six-pointer. And yeah, The positive outcome for winning one and losing one is if we win the West Ham game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I think... Yeah. I think the good thing about the Arsenal game is that we're away, and our away form is just... Incredible. I, mean, I think we. I, th- I don't know whether we're third or fourth overall form in the league away from home, some, but we are right up there. Ridiculous. Yeah. I think. Um, 
yeah, it's it, it's it's so strong at the moment. I mean, um, Arsenal actually are in, in pretty good nick in in, in the league. Um, they're fourth in the form table as well. We're second, but um, you know they, they obviously beat us a couple of weeks ago. In their last six games, they've won four, uh, drawn one, lost one. Um, I think the loss was to Liverpool off the top of my head as well. So yeah, and they did not deserve to lose that game. Yeah. And they've kind of quietly started to grind out results. Um, I, I guess my question is, do you think we'll have learned our lessons from two weeks ago? It, it's a tough one because I think because of the amount of time and the amount of opportunity we had then when it was against 10 men to try and penetrate, it wasn't as if... Uh, it's a hard one. I think now that we've got a few more attacking options, we can roll the dice and do something a little differently. I'd like to think that we're able to have a few more clear-cut chances against them, which, for all intents and purposes, we were a little stale and didn't didn't make the most of our advantageous position of being having the extra man, did we? So I'd like to think that we, um, we will offer more going forwards in this game because Arsenal are still Arsenal. They still have an absolute calamity in them. Yeah, mm. if, I, if I remember rightly, that Arsenal game was the one where Huang was back on the bench, but he had the back spasm. Yeah, and I think he would have been much better to bring off the bench than Fabio Silva when we were pushing and we'd got Raul and, and Fabio on. I just yeah. think he got he, like we were saying earlier, he's got a bit more grit, he's got something about him. I think we might have got that goal and we might have equalized in that game. Mm. I think, I think, I think, like you say, now we've got options, we could create more, we could. We can, you know, offer something different in the game. I was going to say now, if one of the problems I had against uh, we had against Arsenal um, a couple of weeks ago was we lost that midfield battle. I think it was the ga- one of the games that Martino was out for, and yeah. Donk struggled in the middle. I mean, assuming Martino's fit, I'm guessing he will be, um, or he's in, you know, slightly higher match fitness. Do you? Play a midfield three of Matino Neves then Donker because it gives it gives us more numbers in the midfield and having that bit of physical presence from then Donker is quite good against someone like Xhaka, Matino and Neves. Uh, you know can bite at the heels of the likes of Ottengard, or knowing that we're in good good nick and we've got a few more attacking options, do we kind of go a little bit? Um, brave and go for a free up front, and you know, maybe you start a Wang or Neto alongside Podence and Jimenez. It's hard, isn't it? I just don't want us to see us concede the first goal and then be in exactly the same position that we're in where we're trying yeah. to then yeah. batten, you know, and then Arsenal are batting down the hatches and just do what they did to us again. I probably prefer that midfield stability and and then let Aitnori and let Samedo do what they do and create from the wings as opposed to us creating, you know, through the middle. Um, the, I guess the the elephant in the room is what What do you do about Jimenez now? Yeah. I mean, it, we. I think we've got a question from, we have, might have had a question from Twitter Corner similar to that. It's like, do we need to have a bit more of a conversation about him, you know, whether it's sort of now, um, now in the summer and it's, oh, <sighs> Again, it goes back to what I was almost suggesting earlier. You could go for a three-five-two, keep that solid, solid base in the midfield, and maybe start Podence and Neto or Podence mm-hmm. and Wang. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Collins and Huang could be a good combo. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you bring you bring Jimenez on after sixty minutes, and you know, but see if that you know, lots of fire in the belly sort of vibes. Um, it's it's really tricky, um, but that's a good thing because we've got options, so isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Bruno's shown a couple of times now he's not afraid to be ruthless. If, uh, if he doesn't think someone's doing it quite right, he will pull them out. And you know, pardon me, the fact we've got options. That's uh, I think it, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. I think it's going to have a nice, nice bit of spice to it as well. Mm. Um, I think we'll be well up for it. Yeah, and I feel like do, do you remember when we played them or oh, back in the heady lockdown days when it's like actually if we'd have beaten them, we'd have potentially qualified for Europe, mm-hmm. and we just didn't mm. show up that day. Yeah, it feels like it doesn't feel. At the moment, time of recording on Monday. Night, at least this game, you know, we'll be really up for Thursday's game. It will be whether we can be really up for Thursday and Sunday. Mm. Yeah, um, that's that's where that the squad comes in again. You know, yeah, we got we got everyone's going to be pushing each other there because everyone's going to want to play. Neto's going to want to be playing games, starting games eventually. You know, Huang will want to be playing, starting. Pedence, Jimenez, Silver, even on the outskirts. So, mm. this competition within the squad now, two is actually going to play and who's going to get minutes. He's just going to drive everyone forward, or at least that's what we hope. Yeah. Um, let's round off the section uh, by doing some score predictions then, Matt. Uh, I think realistically, uh, um, a Juan Juan draw would be where I think the game will go. Um, that's where my uh, where my head says. I'd love to say I- I'd love to say that we can go come away with a win, but I would probably be delighted with a draw if I'm completely honest. Jeffo, how about you, mate? I'm, I, I might just stick my neck out and say two 0 win. Mm. Mm. See, I'd I'd take a draw. At the moment, I really would, but I'm going to go 2-1 Wolves. I think it might be a bit squeaky bum. So I think I think we'll get a 2-0 lead and then concede one. It'll be, you know, a bit high behind the curtains vibes, but uh, mm-hmm. oh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but right, should we round off the show for some uh, with some lovely questions? Because we've got a few this week. Um, right, this one's a t- double header of a question. Uh, it's from Fancast Boys uh, from Gully and Stu. So, first off is, what's the standard protocol when someone spills your own drink on somebody else? So it's your pint and you've knocked it over somebody else. Now, if you knocked over someone else's pint, you buy you buy from a replacement. What do you do if it's mm. your own pint? I think you're buying two pints, aren't you? One for you, one for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, it's a difficult one, that really. I suppose you apologise profusely, and yeah, I suppose you say, "Let me get you a drink." Maybe that's a. That's a... I suppose it's that. It's when you've got that heavy-handed and you spill a drink on the table, then the person directly opposite you. Then it's the race against time for them to jump out of the way before the impending pint drips onto their lap. Um, yeah. That moment in time is one of the scariest kind of few seconds you can experience in a, in an adult life, really. Yeah. I mean, the, the follow-up question from Stu um, and it was, is it ever okay to wear two pairs of trousers 
uh, for no reason at all. The, the reason could be because it was quite cold outside, I, I, I'd argue. Um, the background to all this, by the way, um, was we went out for um, a meal last night, a few of the guys from the fan cast. Stu managed to quite emphatically tip half his pint onto Gully's lap, okay. um, who was wearing a lovely pair of light blue trousers, if I can remember correctly. Um, and so, oh, sorry. Um, I mean, G- Gully's pipe was literally still full, and Stu being Stu had already necked half of his anyway. So the other half went on Gully. And Gully was a bit, you know, a bit annoyed because it looked like he pissed himself, but then went, ah, well, to be fair, I'll take him off and um, I've, got, I've got a pair of joggers on underneath. Oh well, that's that's different. I mean, that's just a, that's just a thicker a thicker long john or base layer, isn't it? So yeah. That's not too bad. I mean, it's not like he, were, he wasn't he wasn't double deniming it. If you're double deniming like <laughs> yeah, yeah. one under the other, <laughs> but like joggers and joggers under jeans is is fine. You, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a cacophony for bacterial infection down there. If you've got an open wound, you know, to bring the tone down, yeah. but you just, it's a sweaty mess down there. If you're going to be wearing two, two thermal layers like that, but um, yeah, there's no, nothing wrong with that. The, sorry, the way Stu made it out, I thought we were talking like, you know, one pair of Levi's, one pair of Wranglers. No, it, it, it was, it, it was, a, it was like just a black pair of, uh, you know, uh, say sort of jo- joggers to kind of, I guess, keep Gully warm. Coming um, from Stu after, after his baseball fake, Long sleeve things he had on. Yes, that, I was going to say. Have, are we really surprised that Stu had an interesting sartorial choice? Which was you. You might have seen. Um, he sometimes I think he's worn them doing fan cast recordings before. He's worn a wolf's top and it looks like he's wearing like a base layer underneath. And we always take the piss out because it looks like he's about to come on as a sub. <clears throat> um, and it's like he's he's wearing like Under Armour in his own house. It's like okay. And he was wearing it on um, on Sunday night, and I can't remember ha- what happened. I think we sort of joked about, oh, you know, you look you look like you've, uh, you're about to play. And he went, all right, and just lifted up his shoulder and peeled it off. And we're like, what is this voodoo yeah, magic? Like, like Jeff Hardy's armband things that he wears, yeah. or it was like I'd never seen anything quite like it. Everybody was just stunned. I mean, what it, it turns out they are basketball sort of arm sleeves. Um, but the reason he gave to why he couldn't just wear like a normal long sleeve thermal was because his chest would then get too warm. His words, obviously, you know me. <laughs> Stu, I know so much about you, but also so, so little at the same time. Um, but yeah, yeah so... Right. I feel like if we're going off Stu for sartorial advice and, you know, he takes a piss out of me often enough, we, we've taken a bad turn. But right, next question, guys. So this one's actually from Instagram. Um, what do you make of Ch- um, Chelsea scouts at the game for Max Kilman? And do you think he'll stay? They can fuck off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, from what I understand, he's a, he's a Chelsea fan at heart. Um, it's an interesting one. You know, don't get me wrong. This is the price you pay for having uh, a, a talent that's as good yeah. as playing as well as he is. You're always going to have this, but I would like to think that Wolves now will have the sense to offer him a new deal that is in more keeping with his importance to us as a team. Yeah. Um, 
then we will know soon enough where i mean they probably already have you know we mm. mere mortals do not understand the goings on behind the closed doors of waterloo road you know what i mean so um we'll know soon enough um whether we have to then make alternative arrangements and that's that's one thing that i don't worry about when it comes to Fosin is i think they've got a handle on kind of player contracts and things like that pretty yeah. well yeah i think i think i'd be more concerned in the summer if if rudiger left chelsea well they've got rudiger and christiansen who are both out of contract yeah, which yeah. i think is you know i'm personally of the opinion like don't chelsea probably have a scout like every game yeah yeah, yeah. probably like it's I don't know. Part of me thinks it's just like two and two equaling four because they won't go in for probably Connor Cody. They won't go in for Sace. They'd go in for the young English mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think time will tell. I reckon if if he signs a you know another sort of contract extension of some because I think he signed one last year, didn't he? So sort of like this, I'm sure it was like this time last year. And we're sort of saying, well, you know what? It secures his future. It gives us a good sell on, you know, one. And if he goes sort of top end championship, we'll get a good fee for him because we signed him for nothing, really. Um, but yeah, I think time's going to tell on that when you say so. I think it's going to be very dependent on the Chelsea, as you said, Jafo, like the, the Chelsea contract situations who seem to, they don't have a handle on it if they've got two, you know, players who are running I, out I think if they get him on a new contract so they can put him in the Ben White sort of band of evaluation mm. yeah because for me he's he's just as important to us as Ben White would be to Arsenal so yeah he, sh- yeah. he should be on the same valuation no I, I agree and um I think the, the only thing sort of that's probably holding Kilman back is that he's he's in he's been a ridiculous vein of form since since the summer but that's not, yeah. How do I say this politely without criticizing when I'm not meant to? You could argue, is he just in really good form and he's sort of just riding momentum, or is he just a really, or is he a, or is he a quality player? Now, now, I personally think it's the latter, his quality, whether a club slash agent would be sort of slightly reticent about all in. Longer term deal, big wages off the back of eight months uh, or six months or whatever. I think that's still, still be decided. I think if you get through this summer and he gets it, then you know, yeah. whatever. But you know, um, I think time will tell. Right next up, um, again, we sort of a, another English, uh, young English player, uh, from Bradders asked after a very good showing in the championship again this weekend and given the season he's having overall, is Morgan Gibbs White worth having in the squad next season or do you think we should cash in um, on him while his stock's high? Immediately for cash in. I've, I think his day's gone. I, although he's never really been given a proper chance in the team in his right position, he's always been played out wide or he's been played out of position in, in, in terms of he's too deep. I just think maybe the boat has sailed, but we've seen stranger things with, with the way Lager's has done things. So we don't know. <laughs> mm. Matt, how about you? I just think that uh, if he had absolutely zero Wolves connections, People would be like, mm, "What about that lad Morgan Gibbs White at Sheffield United? He he he'd be a great one for us to get in. English player to help with the quota, you know, 
attacking. You know, he'd be the kind of player that you would want in your squad. So is is the grass, you know, is it better the devil you know than the devil you don't? Is he a player that you would know could slot back in? You already know is a good proportion of the squad, so there wouldn't be any kind of integration issues you'd like to think. Um, I, I think he's got one more run in our team to be able to say, right, you've got your experience now. You've got a long run of match first team starts. And this is your last chance saloon. If you want to solidify yourself with this club, take your chance. And if you don't take your chance, we will sell you one because there will be suitors. I don't think it's, I don't think he's, it's the last time we'll see him in a wool shirt, put it that way. And I hope it isn't. I think that's fair, but I think that's fair. That's a good way of good way of looking at it because I think say it stocks high enough for either a team potentially has just got relegated. Basically, a next season a team is competing for top six in the championship or going for him. Um, it's just where he sees himself slotting in at Wolves now. Mm. If he if if first team football's the the number one priority for him, then I think he has to make that decision for his career to go mm. um but actually if he's confident enough in his ability at Wolves that you know what I think I could play in that midfield that midfield three let's say um and you know with Matinho getting on not signing a new con- not signed a new contract as yet could I you know could I be the third choice midfielder and you know get a decent amount of minutes then maybe because I don't see him playing in that front line of players in terms of just squad depth at the moment because he's not getting in above Podence, he's not getting in above Neto arguably Huang we've just signed, I don't see him getting above him, Trincao or you know you're going relatively far down the roster so time will tell Um, I think yeah give him it depends what he wants, doesn't it? If he wants first team football, then you know, go, go, mate. Uh, I wouldn't hold any grudges on him for that. Um, next up, oh, again, another sort of we're you know, what what might happen. Um, everyone is rightly um happy that uh, John, Johnny's back. Um, but where does he fit in? asks um, Ash Dolan. Um, with uh, Ryan excelling in his role, it'll be harsh to drop him. Marcel stirring the pitcher. Where and when do we see him actually featuring? I was having a, a little chat about this on the way to the ground yesterday um, with someone, and I think he could do what Foley did at the end of his career at Wolves, and I think he could fit in at centre mid. And I think he could be a midfield option because mm. he's got good fundamentals with his passing. He put he pushes um, well forward with the ball. He scores. He's got a fair fair amount of goals and he's uh, he reads the game really well and I think he could be a option just to, to be a, a utility player so right back left back and centre back uh, centre mid sorry not centre back I was going to say I think um, in Bruno's interview about him um, Johnny claimed he could play all across the back five as well so mm. it might be a case of if someone like Sace has to pull out the side but Matt how about you do you see him getting much game time this season? I don't see him getting much game time this season and that's not a slight on Johnny. I think it's actually will be a really important thing for Large in terms of man management and keeping the harmony in his squad because, hmm. you know, Totti Gomez and Kundal aside, Totti Gomez have a couple of performances, Kundal with one. You've got to play form players and keep them in the squad and it would be very unfair to take 
eight nori out at this point now. Mm. I think it doesn't give it, it doesn't it doesn't set a good example to to take a player off who's in good form um, and and punish them essentially, bringing somebody else back when somebody else is performing, you know, exceeding what we probably expected them to do. I think you know. Let's use Johnny where we need him. If and, and if he is as versatile as as we think he is, or is, is expected, then yeah, I, I think for squad harmony and morale and everything else, while we're riding high at the moment, you have to kind of reward the players that are getting you in this position. And I think it would be a mistake to take Aitnuri out at this point. Yeah, no, I, I agree um, <laughs> completely. I think the, the irony of the only thing I can think of is yeah. Aitnoy doesn't quite seem to have the full legs for 90 minutes every, mm-hmm. every week. And it'll be just a case of whether it's Marcel who comes on, which seems which seems to be the um typical one at the moment, um, for like the last 10 minutes, or you know, to shore things up or yeah. to have that respite, or whether he gives Johnny that chance. Uh, it's, it's difficult. And I think again, a question might have to be asked in the summer if we're not careful, but Again, it's going to be dependent what I think Johnny wants and what what the club want in terms of you know, yeah, how he's going forwards. Neither neither Johnny or Marcel are the are the future in that position though. No, so yeah, you've got to you know. Then again, I've never seen unbridled pace like Marcel on. I I never knew he had it <laughs> in him. There was one thing he absolutely sprinted. Oh, I... From the, one end of the pitch to the other, and yeah. I'm like, "What on earth is going on here?" Like he he he's going to do himself a mischief. I was going to say, but yeah, I was going to say, even though we came on the sub, I I, I can't remember who um, who was say it's never too late for him to sort of try and get in the book though, because the yeah. first thing he did when he came on was give away a foul. It's like the one thing you're brought on for is to be that experienced, level head, mm. and see out the game, not just to give a bloody foul away. <laughs> uh, right, last two questions. The penultimate one, um, right, is from Lee. Celebrations, hero, or quality street? Uh, celebrations for me. Uh, quality street, purple one. Mm. I think I'm. I was going between celebrations and heroes. I think I'm going to go celebrations. We're all. We're all they're all solid, I think. You know, yeah, I think celebrations have had for choice, or you don't really actually get a choice, to be honest, do you? Is it that you don't? No one buys them for themselves, do they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So... I've never, I've never bought, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never bought celebrations just for me. But yeah, you're right. You're right. You like you get given them as gifts, like you, so. But I reckon I'd be most happy if mm. I got given some celebrations. Um, last but not least, and Matt, I'm going to allow you to a shameless plug here. Okay. Um, if I bring up the right question, is from Craig, um, and it's what upcoming movie are you looking forward to watching? Ooh. Um, so on Cage Fighting Pod at Cage Fighting Pod on Twitter, um, yeah. we talked about the dropping of the new Elvis trailer, which has got Tom Hanks uh, in it. Um, okay. Baz Luhrmann, who did uh, Romeo and Juliet, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio in. Um, ah. So stylistically, it's going to be amazing. And as a um, as a closet Elvis Presley fan, I'm very, very much looking forward to this. It looks stylistically, it looks really, really fun. So um, the Elvis film, I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jeffo, anything? Uh, uh, sort of yeah, I'm going to be. Mine's going to be left field. I'm really looking forward to the new Dragon Ball Z film, well, Dragon Ball Super film. 
and the potential of an Attack on Titan film as well, just to round off the last arc. Okay. I'm just about... I'm going to go incredibly mainstream and save a new Batman wow. film. Oh, well, yeah. It looks good. Yeah, I feel, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. The trailers look gritty. I think it's going to be a different take. You know, we've, we, we've been, I think, a generation to a degree or like an area of people of Batman films have obviously grown up with the Dark Knight ones where, you know, we, we all remember the Dark, you know, the Dark Knight film, which, you know, actually Batman's not the protagonist in it it's the joker and things like that I'm, mm-hmm. we're going to go down a film conversation here aren't we and i'm i'm, I'm just gonna have to be on cage fighting if i'm not careful again um but you know i feel like you know when you had like ben affleck is it we all compared him to mm-hmm. um you know to previous incarnations and i think this is a really different vibe to kind of anything that's come before in a film sense when you look at the the comics and the graphic novels you know, it, it it lines up a little bit more. And I think it's going to be a really um, interesting watch, especially when you consider like the Joker movie and how well they did that in terms of a different portrayal of that universe. Mm. It's going to be, it's something, obviously it's going to be massive and everyone's going to be talking about it, but I think um, it it's just going to be a film that, He's absolute blockbuster, and sometimes we just need that. You you need sometimes to just sit back and accept something as grand as this film. We're going to. It doesn't always have to be indie darling films. It is okay to 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 enjoy um, enjoy mm. this, unless it's the Fast and Furious, in which I won't. Oh yeah, I was <laughs> going to say I, I I've I, we've talked about this before. I've never not been fast Fast and Furious, though, to be honest. But hey ho, well that's a lovely place to round off the show big thank you to everyone who's listened we'll be back um after the arsenal game to review that and preview the leicester game as well big shout out to uh 19 min and also to our sponsors pixel yeti media make sure you go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com um keep up to date with all things wolves fancast and everything wolves related um, on our socials, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and it's at Balls Fancast on all of them. Just to make things everything lovely and simple. Until next time, it's goodbye from Jeffo. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Matt. Take it easy, everyone. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.